You're listening to She Grabs the Mic, and I'm your host, Cole Baker Bagwell. Every week, we'll explore what it means to be happy, present, and whole. You'll hear from courageous women who are kicking ass in their lives and leave with actionable tips that you can apply to reset from toxicity, tune into your gold, and live powerfully from the bedroom to the boardroom. Right now, it's time to grab your headphones, kick back and relax, and get ready to be inspired. Welcome, amazing ones. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am super excited to introduce you to an extraordinary human being, uh, just an illuminating soul. Her name is Barbara Bijou, and her greatest passion is to inspire, empower, and support people who are going through all sorts of life transitions by teaching them easy to access rituals and spiritual practices that make life richer, easier, and so much more meaningful. Barbara is just absolutely amazing. She is an author of The Joy of Ritual and The Joy of Family Rituals. She is a spiritual alignment coach, a global ritual expert. And I mean, I am just so happy to know this woman. So welcome, Barbara, to She Grabs the Mic. I am so glad that you're here. Oh, I am very glad that I'm here, Cole. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. So, you know, I think um, in the spirit of mindfulness, it would be really interesting for you to share what we went through as we were setting up for this conversation today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as we were setting up for this conversation, this is a new platform that I've never used. So I got on and I couldn't hear you. You couldn't hear me. Then you could hear me. I couldn't hear you. A lot of technical glitches happen. And Basically, after we did everything technically that we knew how to do, um, I do what I always do, which is clear the energetic field. So we took a moment and it really, I don't think it took us more than two or three minutes. And we just called in a higher frequency. I kind of call it my spiritual, you know, Mr. Clean kind of energy (laughs) to just clear out anything that was interfering with the um, podcast. And I've done this in recording studios, by the way, and in TV studios. And interestingly enough, a lot of the tech guys totally get what I'm doing because they say they do their own version and always have. They might not call it that, but they always do something, which I thought was very interesting. Well, it was super interesting. And it was also super powerful. I mean, it worked. Yes. We, yeah, it does work. Yeah, there was that super high pitched whistling sound that was, you know, you and I almost lost an eardrum for a second there. And, and then you said, okay, let's just ground in this moment and clear this energy. And we're going to call upon, you know, all of the wonderful positive forces and we're going to roll. And I'll be darned, it, it actually cleared everything up so that we are able to not only hear one another, but to hear one another without that, that horrible sound that was blaring in our ears right. just a few minutes ago. Right. right. So yeah. thank well, you. you know, I'm a huge believer in energy clearing um, and whether it's individual or for your home or for your office. And I've done it for so many people who had never had it done before. They were really newbies. And I know some of them were like, Hmm, I don't know what this is, but we'll try it. And you can always feel it. I mean, 
let's face it, everyone has walked into a room and they where people are anxious and you could feel the anxiety. It's contagious. Or you walk into some place where everyone's really happy and you're uplifted. So I think we've all had that experience. We might not have na- not named it as quote energy, but you know, that's what it is. Yeah, no, I mean, and it's one of those things that, to your point, a lot of people listening right now might not be so familiar with energy. Um, You know, I I always have made it a practice to say to people, you know, as I sign off of my email, kind vibes. And I do that because I am sending that vibration out into the world because it is a simple fact that every single thing emits energy, every single thing, right? So some of it Mm -hmm. is toxic, heavy energy. Some of it is light, joyful, love energy. And then we have a lot of shades of energy in between. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, you live in New York City. This is your specialty, (laughs) right? This is your specialty, energy clearing, spiritual realignment, like helping people ignite their intuition, manifesting their purpose, all of these wonderful, soulful practices. Tell me, and and the all the women listening right now a little bit about what your assessment is of the world from an energetic standpoint what are you noticing well obviously i'm noticing that the energy in a negative way has gotten way way stronger and is very overwhelming to most people However, I'm also seeing the other side of it, and it's not always easy to see the other side of it, where people are stepping up and helping each other and caring and being more compassionate, especially I see very young people, even though, you know, they may not have the same kind of hope that someone else might have who's seen different cycles, um, you see both right now. We're in the middle. It's sort of like living on the edge of an active volcano. It could blow up and kill people. It also could be incredibly empowering and wonderful. So we're living in the both and right now, and it's not always easy to stay grounded. No, it's not. So, you know, I, I'm a big mindfulness fan, practitioner. I mean, borderline mm-hmm. mindfulness junkie because it has really made just an enormous difference in my personal experience. And there are the ambulances. Right. Folks, this is New York City. We are I'm recording. Sorry. <laughs> well, we can't you know, control. I, it's, 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 yeah, I almost don't even hear it anymore. I just tune it out, which <laughs> yeah. is a good thing to know how to do. So, yes. So, you know, on this note of mindfulness, though, this is a perfect example. So when I hear those sounds, the first thing that comes to mind for me is that there's help on the way. So those mm-hmm. sounds, those sounds are mm-hmm. positive to me that someone in need of right. help is getting help because other human beings who have chosen to help are on the way. So right. as we think about this moment in time, and I mean, damn, Barbara, it's been a tough like four years, right? As as we think about this particular moment in time with, you know, a great deal of division and people that are suffering in a variety of different ways, not only here in our country, but around the world. What is some sort of guidance that you could give to any woman who is listening right now relative to mindset and energy? Well, the first thing is we have to take care of ourselves, you know, and it's not selfless, you know, selfish in a bad way. 
Um, it's sort of like when you're on a plane and they tell you, you know, if you're with your child and something happens, put your oxygen mask on first so you'll have energy and focus to help your child. So if we're a mess right now, we can't help anyone else. So our self-care has to come first. It's very important that we do what we need to do to stay grounded and healthy. Then we have more resource and we have the ability to make more conscious choices and be more proactive as opposed to reactive. Right now we're seeing an incredible amount of reactivity and it makes sense. We all understand it. I'm sure we've all been there. I have. I mean, I can't say I haven't. However, because of all of the work I've done over the years, I know how to get myself back to center. And one of the things is stopping, notice how I'm feeling, and really acknowledging my feelings, not trying to push them away. If I'm sad, if I'm angry, if I'm overwhelmed, I, I really want to be in that, even if it's only for a moment or two. And then, you know, for me, I have a practice where I, you know, clear out energy or call in a higher vibration. For me, nature works a lot. Just being out in nature helps ground the energy for me and dissipate some of the craziness. Um, but you do have to feel your feelings. You can't go on what I call sp spiritual bypass because that's going to just come up and bite you later. Yeah, absolutely right. And so that's a very mindful choice that you're making to acknowledge what you're feeling in that moment not to do a spiritual bypass and then taking yourself to, it sounds like environmentally out into nature, or you have these practices, personal practices that really help you kind of reset and get back to center to reconnect with your greatness. Right. And also to, and it's not easy at this moment. I'm not saying it is, but it's so important to hold a positive vision for the future because if we don't, um, what starts to happen is we take actions that don't allow for a positive future. You know, there's even research that says people who believe they'll live longer save more money. You know, they take care of themselves versus people who don't have a positive vision for the future might not take care of themselves as well because they figured, oh, what the heck, you know, I only have a, another year left, a few years, you know, nothing's going to be here. So we have to do whatever we can to also be surrounded by spiritually positive people, not Pollyannas. I'm not talking about people who aren't looking right. at the reality, <laughs> but who really are willing to look at the truth and then also look at options, how we can move forward and, you know, in a positive way. Mm, that's beautiful. So on the note of life and on the note of grabbing the mic in your own life, you know, you have, it seems like to me, Barbara, that the work you do now that, you know, you've been doing this work for millennia because you are so incredibly <laughs> gifted at this work. However, I know in this lifetime that you had a different story that brought you to now that helped you actually step into your life, step into your authentic wisdom, power, energy to arrive in this place. So I am hopeful, very hopeful that you would be willing to share that story with the women who are listening. You know, I, I, I've been thinking about this because you asked me and, and one story popped up for me, but as I'm thinking about it, that's only one story. And I think it's important for, you know, especially women to know that we might have different moments when that comes up. 
and we may or may not be ready to jump in 100%. So for me, the first time that really popped is when I was in a spiritual retreat and we were in three days of silence and fasting, which I write about actually in my book, The Joy of Ritual. And what came up for me is that I had not really grieved my sister. My sister died when I was six weeks pregnant and mm-hmm. I was only in my twenties and it was horrible. Probably the worst thing that ever happened to me, but I stuffed it down because I was pregnant and quote, I didn't want to, you know, harm my unborn child, which all the people around me said I could do if I grieved too much. Not true, by the way. So that's another story. And in this three days, um, I was guided to do a ritual for my sister, only I didn't know what to do. It was silence and fasting. I couldn't ask anyone. I couldn't look anything up. Um, so I had to trust my guidance, my intuition. And I was really sent to the top of a mountain where I found a giant tree and I found myself on my knees rocking back and forth and just digging a hole and crying and praying for my sister. And then finally closing up the hole and standing up. And it was like lightning struck. Wow. I just did something that shifted the grief and that heaviness that I had been carrying around And I didn't exactly understand it, but I knew something momentous had happened that I needed to integrate in my life. And when I went back to my room and I started to write and write and write, what started to come through for me was I needed to learn about ritual and I needed to share it with people. So I think that was one of my big ahas. And of course, when the silence part was over and I was talking to people, I discovered I had done a Native American grief ritual, which says go to a mother tree and dig a hole and pour your grief into the earth. I had no idea. The rocking I was doing back and forth, a dancer told me came from ancient Mesopotamia. It was a movement that women did in grief rituals to release grief from their body. And then, which I didn't mention, as I was walking back, it started to rain And I found out from someone years later in Bali when I was teaching, when it rains after ceremony, it means, you know, the gods have heard you. So I pulled in three distinct rituals from different cultures without knowing it consciously. And that was my first aha about the power of intuition. Mm. And then on a very kind of practical life transition, I'll say. I was working in corporate. I had, I was a single mother with a little kid, so it wasn't really practical for me to jump a hundred percent into this work and not be able to support my kid. And that's what I mean by you could have these ahas, but the timing may not be a hundred percent to go full force into them. You know, you might right. want to just take your time. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I was in a big position in the fashion business, had a very abusive boss. In today's world, um, I probably would have a lawsuit, but, you know, in those days I didn't understand it. And one day I walked in and I was fired and I was like shocked and I didn't know what to do. And I started using my intuition to teach people, um, on how to use your intuition, how to set goals, how to visualize, you know. So I was doing this 
while I was trying to figure out what I'm going to do when I grow up, so to speak, right? And at the end of one of my courses, this woman comes up, she calls me and she goes, I love what you did. She goes, my goal came true. I have a TV show that CBS bought and I want to hire you as a casting director. And I'm going, what? (laughs) I'm not a casting director. She goes, no, you'd be perfect. I could tell you'd be wonderful at it. It's It's a show on kids and invention. It's perfect for you. She goes, only two things. You can't tell anyone you never did it and I'll teach you everything you need to know. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I took a day or two to think about it. I meditated and I kept getting yes, 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 even though it didn't make sense. I said yes. And that led to, you know, like a 15-year career in television. And I tell this story a lot because I use this in my own coaching, that when you're helping someone move forward, you want to tell them that you believe in them, which she did 100%. So you're the cheerleader, but you also have to give them practical tools to be successful. If she hadn't taught me how to do it, I would have failed. But because she was willing to teach me everything I needed to know, I wound up being successful. And on another level, it fulfilled my vision for my next part of my life, which wasn't TV necessarily, but it was the essence. One of the things that I recommend people do when they're trying to decide what's next is what's the essence. So for me, it was working with conscious people, which this was. I even got to teach meditation to all the contestants and, you know, <laughs> do healings on the, the cameraman and, you know, clear the energy of the, you know, the space. I mean, it was very funny. Um, I didn't want to work too far from home because I had a little baby, you know, a kid at home. So I didn't want to travel, you know, I mean, all the essence qualities of what I wanted were true in this. And if you had asked me, did I want to be a casting director? I would have said to you, it wasn't even on my radar, but it fulfilled everything that I wanted, you know? So that's one of the things that's very important when you're looking at next steps. It's not necessarily what's your ideal job, unless you, you know, you really want to be a doctor or a lawyer or a, you know, whatever it is that, you know, a environmentalist. Um, but what is the, what are the qualities? Cause the world is changing so fast now. A job that you might not even envision could just be around the corner. It just isn't real yet. You know, someone might invent it for you. And then of course you have to say yes. If I hadn't said yes, none of this would have happened. So I had to take a leap of faith and trust my guidance, you know, and that's where building intuition is so important. You start small with little things and then you start to trust it and then go for it. I love that story. God, I know, you know, I'm, I'm coaching so many women right now who have either voluntarily or involuntarily left their corporate jobs. And initially it is, especially in the involuntary category, it's such a shock for them. They are just, you know, stunned and they're wrestling with their identity and their pride and, you know, they're scared to death. They don't know what, what to do next because fear, you know, that like little, you know, bitchy woman fear comes and sits down. The she beast comes and sits down and she, she camps out, (laughs) right? She, she, that she beast camps out for a while. And so it's one of those things though, that the other thing I've learned about working with these women is that on the other side, you know, once they decompress, because, you know, we've talked a lot today about energy, energy becomes depleted when we are in environments that are not optimal for 
human beings to thrive, right? I mean, that's just kind of, that's kind of 101. Um, What I'm learning, Barbara, is that a lot of these women don't understand how far away they are from their own intuition and authenticity. They have no idea of how depleted that they've become because they've been, it's like this slow burn over time and they become so used to it. This becomes their set point. So, you know, I think the story you're telling about in your own personal life about how you were, you were fired and that was a huge gift. It was like, you didn't know it then, but big ass gift from the universe. Absolutely. Right. But then you trusted, courageously trusted your own intuition, which I really don't think that we are taught or encouraged to do this as we're growing up. You know, I'm I'm not sure that everyone is taught that trust your intuition you know, follow it. You are, you know, you have that wisdom inside of you. So I'm really curious, what would you say to women about that? Women who have never heard or, you know, been taught the language of intuition. They've never been taught to trust it. They've never learned how to tap into it. Mm -hmm. What would you say to them? I would say, start small. Like I said, it's like when you start, you know, I like to do practices of automatic writing where in the morning I do a little meditation and then I just open up and I just ask the question, what's the most important thing for me to know now? And then I just write whatever comes without worrying about the spelling or am I making it up or anything like that. And you don't ask questions, you know, like yes and no questions because those are too divination, you know, and it, it just doesn't work. You're not going to say, is it going to rain today? Kind of questions, but it's better. Now people do. And then they, you know, they go, Oh, I'm wrong. It's better to know what's the most important thing for me to know today. And the first thing that comes to you, just do it. Even if it's for five minutes. So it says, you know, maybe it'll say drink carrot juice or go for a walk or take a nap or call so-and-so, you know, just start doing it, the small things. So you build those muscles. And for those of you who are listening, who have children, start to teach your children to trust their intuition. And one of the ways is, you know, kids, this is to me is one of the reasons why we don't trust our intuition. A kid will hear their parents arguing, for example, a little kid, and they'll go, what's wrong, mommy? What's wrong, daddy? And, and guess what the parent says? Nothing. Nothing. So the kid knows something's wrong. They feel it. But instead of just saying, oh, mommy and daddy are just not agreeing on something right now. It doesn't have anything to do with you. It's okay. You know, they just say, oh, nothing's wrong. So Mm -hmm. over time, you stop trusting what you're feeling because you feel something's wrong. And then your parents are telling you nothing's wrong. You know, so again, you don't tell your children everything. You have to be age appropriate. But start being, you know, honest. If you're feeling a little sad, there's nothing wrong with saying to a kid, I'm feeling a little sad today. Mm. And I'm watching little kids now who are three or four, and boy, are they smart. And they trust their intuition, and they're, like, pretty amazing. Plus, you know, as we all know, words, you know, have a direct um, effect on your emotions and your actions. So you also want to 
be careful what you say, your self-talk, because I know you do this a lot with your clients, you know, watch that negative self-talk and that, like you said, the mean girl or that super judge or that inner critic that is so mean to you. You have to not let that take over. Yeah. God, those are good points. So I hear, you know, um, acknowledging what you're feeling, uh, being honest about a situation or acknowledging someone else's feelings about a situation, especially if it's a child. And so that those children can begin to trust that, that feeling, that intuition that is guiding them, that has the power to guide us. And then I'm also hearing, you know, just to watch the self-talk and when the she beast, that's what I call them when they show up, that Mm -hmm. we, can make space for them so we can make peace for them without them railroading our, our sense of well-being, our sense of happiness, our sense of peace, giving them space so we can make peace for them. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, Barbara, here's the other thing, because I I know you bring psychology into your work, you bring so many different, it's so multifaceted, all of the different elements that you bring into your work, which I think is so fascinating. I always like to point out to people as well that there is a scientific reason that we feel we have that quote unquote gut feeling. It's mm-hmm. the vagus nerve, right? It's the vagus nerve right. and the chemicals that are flowing through our body. So if something is scary, we are wired, you know, from early cave people days to preserve, to protect ourselves and the vagus nerve starts firing and we begin to feel, oh, oh, I feel afraid or I feel like there's danger. Um, we have to learn to trust that. And then we can set it the other way too, right? The, the very peaceful side of our existence where we can do some of the things that you've talked about, taking deep breaths, taking walks outside in nature, acknowledging our feelings, um, you know, creating that awareness around where are we in this moment in body, mind, and soul, and begin to experience more of the rest, more of the peace, more of the well-being, more of the harmony right. between body and mind, right? And also don't make assumptions that, you know, you know everything or, you know, what's possible. So, it could, I mean, if you had told me at that time I was going to move into TV or or I was going to write you know, two books starting when I was 50, you know, I would have said, you're crazy. So it's like, you know, I mean, there's so many things that are possible that we don't even have a clue. That's why when, as you know, you know, when I do vision workshops in the beginning of the year, um, January, February, I always say, have a vision, but underneath it, put this or something better. Yeah. Because you just don't have a clue. I mean, when I think about it last year, you know, I was leading a spiritual retreat in Egypt. Imagine if it was supposed to be this year and I'd be in Egypt right now. Exactly. You know, the universe really took care of me as you know, and sent me at the right time. And it was like one day someone said, Oh, do you want to bring a group to Egypt? And I went, Hmm, let me think about it. I did. And I went, yeah, it feels right. The next thing I knew, you know, 12 people signed up and I was taking them on a trip to Egypt. That's amazing. And I, I want to pause here and say that your vision workshop is incredible. You know, I attended last year and it was such a powerful experience. Um, you know, in the show notes, we're going to have your website so that any woman who's listening, who wants to join in and attend this year, it was so great. And I, I still have the vision boards that we created. 
right. in my office. I still have the, if not this, something better. And there's one other thing that you've said to me in coaching sessions that you and I have had that, I mean, Barbara, it just, it just changed everything. And, and I do, I have adopted it for my clients as well and give you credit every single time, but it's the phrase up until now. So right. I'm wondering, you know, if you can, if you can just share a couple of thoughts around the power of up until now, that simple phrase. Well, you know, when you find yourself spinning, um, and there's some time when that negative voice is just too strong to even argue with, is it right or wrong? However, if you say up until now, that was true, or up until now, that was my experience. However, I'm changing it. It just breaks that. It's like a circuit breaker. You know, so it stops you from spinning out into that old negative talk. And it's like, you know, oh, yeah, okay, well, up until now, I ate too much sugar, but I'm not going to do that anymore. Not sure how yet, but I'm making a choice. And that just pops right in. You don't have to even know the answer. You're just acknowledging where you are and acknowledging that you're making a new choice. And it's very, very powerful. I mean, the brain, one of the things I love about ritual, and, or, and that to me is a ritual kind of thing to do, is that the brain reads it as real. Mm-hmm. You know, all the brain knows is, yep, that's true. Up until now, yes, right. You're doing it differently now. Yes, it goes, yes, yes, yes. And, you know, you especially see it in kids. You know, a friend of mine's granddaughter, a little kid, was having nightmares. So they bought her a dream catcher, which in the Native American culture is supposed to catch your nightmares, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I saw her yesterday, I said, you know, she said, well, she's sort of still having them. I said, why don't you tell her in the morning to shake out? Because she even said to her grandmother, oh, I I catch my nightmares here. I mean, she's three and a half, four. So I said, just tell her in the morning when she catches them to just shake them out the window with her mom. So this morning, my friend called me, Joni called me and she goes, well, Olive said to me, oh, we have to get rid of the nightmares. We're going to shake them out the window now. And she did. And she was fine. You know, so it's like her brain has not been, you know, she's not gotten all our conditioning to her. If you say it's going to let go of it, it let go of it. And she no longer was afraid or upset. That's amazing. And neuroplasticity is also real. The power that we have to literally change the way we think, the way we feel. We're not static. We're not stuck. We are always able to change and grow and learn. And my God, how exciting is that, Barbara? Right. And on on that note, I want to also say a great ritual to do for everyone listening is make sure once a week you do something you've never done before because it builds new brain cells, literally. So it doesn't matter if you're walking down a different street, if you're listening to a piece of music, eating something you never ate before, wearing a color you never wore before, anything. As long as you're doing sitting in a different chair, just, you know, moving where you normally sit to work or to do something, it builds new brain cells. And all of that is good. We want new brain cells for as long as we could live, right? We want to be resilient and strong and curious. Curiosity is a big one too. And as my 104-year-old mother's best friend said to me, the thing that kept her the strongest and most resilient is not holding on to old stuff. She said, you have to just let it go. You can't carry it around with you. And you have to just be grateful for where you are. 
And I mm-hmm. was like, wow. And she was amazing. She was one of these people who took up belly dancing at 92. You know, I mean, <laughs> she was always, you know, trying something new and she always looked fabulous and she was curious and she liked younger people and she liked to read and, you know, and I think that's a plus genetics, obviously, but I think a lot of that kept her really healthy and resilient and happy. Yeah. And that's what living is about, right? Thriving in our lives, trying right. new things. And, you know, even if it's belly dancing in our nineties, right? Like, that's you know, and you're fabulous. People too, you said to, you yes. know, move into a new career. Yes. The thing is, who wants to hire somebody who's depressed? You know, I mean, the <laughs> truth is if, you know, if you're, if you can do things that build your sense of self-esteem and happiness, even if you're not sure exactly what it is, People are going to want to talk to you. People are going to say, Hey, I want to introduce you to this person, or I think you might like this, or that's when the opportunities start coming because you're the kind of person they want to be around. And I think that's also very important. That's energy. You know, it's kind of full Mm -hmm. circle. We started talking about the disruptive energy that attempted it just. It dared Barbara to enter our Mm -hmm. our world today, right? Until you showed up and said, Oh, hell no, not today. You just go somewhere else because we have a podcast to record. And now I'm hearing you talk about, you know, loving self, taking care of self through rituals, through intention, these intentional choices, through curiosity, really stepping out and trying something new, doing something new every single day to build those brain cells to, you know, just maximize this amazing capacity that we have to thrive in our lives and by doing those and then things, also to acknowledge them, Cole, yeah, you know, yeah, you do it. You have to pat yourself on the back and say, "Good job," or "It's done. <laughs> I did it." Otherwise, you know, all of a sudden you've done all this stuff and you never stop to acknowledge them, and it doesn't build a foundation for success that way. So, by acknowledging them, you do build a foundation for success. Yeah, and that creates the magnetic, positive, good vibes energy that. Um, allows you to manifest the world that you want for yourself, the relationships that you want, um, perhaps the career that you want in your case. I mean, in our case, right? You're doing this thing that you love. I'm doing this thing I love. And it didn't just fall in our laps. There was a lot of intentionality behind it, right? And, And to your point that you made earlier, which I think is so important, these shifts, you know, we have these moments of awareness, but it's not, it's not a, you know, total 180 from where you were to where you want to go. It does take time. It is a process. It's a journey. And that's exciting as well. Right. No, no, it is. Like I said, sometimes you just immediately know and you quit what you're doing and you know where you're going and you sign up for something new and you move. And other times you just need to be in the unknowing. You know, I think I sent it out in a newsletter last month. It's like being on a trapeze. You know, when you're swinging on a trapeze, there's a point where you have to let go before you catch the other trapeze coming at you. And it's that void, which is where so much transformation takes place. But we're so afraid of it that we try to do whatever we can to avoid it. But yet that's the most potent place to be. I love that. I'm sitting here visualizing (laughs) holding on to a trapeze, seeing the other one and having, right. that's courageous, right? It's timing, it's courage. It's, yeah. 
It's a mindful choice. Let go. Grab the next one. Man, I love that. All right. So as we wrap up today, I'm curious. uh, I've got one big question for you. Across all of these different women in particular that you've worked with, if you had to choose one thing that you've learned that has most inspired you about our human capacity to really live and thrive, what would that be? Hmm. That I learned from someone else or just an awareness that I have? Yeah, just something you've picked up across the work you've done. I think more than anything is, you know, there was a quote by a Balinese dancer that I always loved. And it said, someone out there needs you live your life so that they can find you. Mm. And that always struck me is be yourself, be the best part of you because no one else is like you. Even if they're doing work that seems similar, it's different because it's you. So, you know, just really be who you are as much as possible. I love it. And learn how to belly dance in your 90s. And learn how to belly dance. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I have the outfit. Trust me. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure you do. So if people, if women want to find you, if they want to, you know, check out all of the wonderful ways that you are empowering and igniting people, helping them ignite themselves. If they'd like to read your book, what's the best way for folks to find you, Barbara? Probably go to my website, barbarabijou.com. That's B-A-R-B-A-R-A-B-I-Z as in zebra, I-O-U.com. And from there, you know, you can um, sign up for my newsletter, which I write every week with a lot of free information. Um, you could follow me on Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook. And there's a new platform I'm about to go on in a few weeks, which I'm going to announce um, in my newsletter as well, which is kind of exciting. And then, of course, come join us. Um, in, it's either January or February next year. I'm going to do the vision. I'm trying to figure out the right dates right now. That's amazing. And yeah, so... For all the fabulous women listening, um, this vision workshop is amazing. And when Barbara posts it, you know, if, if you follow her, if you subscribe to her newsletter, you will be able to get that information. And it is, it is really a magical couple of days, Barbara, because you just bring these women together from all over the world. And thank you for doing that. Thank you for the way you show up in the world. Thank you for, you know, all of the work that you're doing to help people realize the very best parts of themselves. And most of all, thank you for being my friend and for showing up here today when she grabs the mic. I appreciate you so much. Well, I appreciate you. And also just to let people know, and I know you do it too, but almost everything can be done right now on Zoom. You know, I could do space clearings on Zoom. I've done fertility rituals on Zoom that work. I've done... (laughs) Weddings, you know, I mean, so you'd be surprised when, you know, with the technology now and our intentionality, if you can't do it in person, you can be very, you know, um, insightful and intentional and it, it does work over Zoom or FaceTime. That's amazing. The power of technology. And if anyone's listening, who's afraid of technology, you don't have to be afraid of technology with Barbara because she will kick it in the backside and make sure it works. All right, Lady Barbara. Well, listen, you stay safe in New York City. Um, I look forward to seeing you soon. And thanks again so much for swinging by and joining me today. My pleasure. Thank you.
that's the end of the show today, everybody. I hope it has served you well. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you've liked what you've heard, please drop a review wherever you grab your favorite podcast. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode. And please be sure to share this podcast with another woman that you love. If you'd like to learn more about me or my work, check out my website, colebakerbagwell.com. Until next time, remember to be super kind to yourself and do your very best to leave everyone and everything just a little bit better.